Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Staples. Staples guy, I have my own business, so I wear lots of hats. Now I'm wearing my office manager hat because I need supplies. Well, Staples has everything you need, like paper, ink and toner, the latest tech. Now I'm putting on my CFO hat because I can't overspend. And you won't. Right now, save up to 50% on a new office chair. All my hats and I would like to thank you. They are welcome. Staples, everything you need for business at great prices. And now save up to 50% on a new office chair during our winter chair event. And 31117, visit staples.com slash furniture deals. Log Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you right now, Young Donovan. <laughs> Welcome to our show once again, uh, Free on the Inside. I'm your host, Mr. Joy Lewis, and you're listening to an archive show of, 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 of one of our past shows, Blog Talk Radio, uh, Barrel Creek uh, Garden. I set up a garden uh, just the other day over at the Juvenile Center. This is our second garden, our final garden. We have a lot of uh, leafy vegetables, I like to refer to them. And so we're going to get another uh, review of our garden. Uh, our call-in number, once again, is uh, 310-982-4126. And I'll be cutting in the uh, archive pro- uh, portion of the show just to answer the phone. We have our co-host on the line this morning. We'll bring him in uh, prior to us doing our sh- archive show. We have Brother Daniel on the line. Good morning, Brother Daniel. Morning, Reverend Lewis. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good morning to you. Glad to uh, to hear your voice once again. Uh, I set up a garden over at the Cottrell House yesterday, uh, this week, and so we're going to do a refresher course on our community garden. And I stated earlier we had some uh, leafy vegetables this year. We have some greens, some uh, cabbages, and some kale. And so we're going to uh, grow those things. The young men are excited about it and looking forward to the to the harvest that's going to be producing that in that uh, vineyard, and we thank God for this opportunity. Yeah, that's a very important thing to keep your mind, young mind active. Yeah, and yeah, and so right, and then one of the young men he he tickled me. He said, "Man, this is great therapy." And little did I know that these young men are, 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 are gleaming out of this here. They're spending time in the garden, spending time in, in nature, so to speak. But yet they get a chance to. Uh, uh, to uh, just gather their thoughts, seeing what they what they gonna uh, do with themselves after their time at the Cottrell House is over. You know, Cottrell House is a juvenile facility, and the young men stay the duration of their uh, time that's been mandated by court. There. Uh, so, uh, and give them an opportunity. And then we have a volunteer that went over to Powell Queen College, and he graduated from the agricultural department. Yeah, and so he's a uh, he's going to be assisting us over there, and the young men were definitely gleaming some information from him, and they were excited about what's what's going on over there in the garden. So, what do you have for us this morning before we play a portion of this archive program? Well, I don't have too much today, Reverend Lewis. You know, I had a uh, 
I had potential gifts that I try to want to turn you on to. I couldn't get in touch with him this week, but he's going to be on later, later, later on. Okay, okay, that sounds good. Then we're looking forward to that and any guests that you have. You know, I will line it uh, and I will show it open to each and every one of uh, uh, people that will have a desire to be on here. I'm going to rephrase that. I'm going to invite anyone that have a, uh, uh, some things that they would like to bring to the show. You are welcome to join the program. Just give me a call at my personal number. That's 214-505-6526. And we'll have a, uh, a, a short interview prior to bringing you on. And then we'll just go from there. So, But all is welcome. And you can also call Brother Daniel. And uh, he usually give out some numbers from time to time. So, Please, please, please make advantage, uh, take advantage of those numbers that we'll give out. All right. Yeah. So, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I hope. Oh, uh, well, I hope this is the hurricane season, right? Right. Yeah. We did a show last week, and we uh, on that. We had a young lady that was from uh, Katrina was on last week. And she was telling us about her experience and how she's still dealing with those as that aftermath. And that was some 12 years later. Miss Vera, she wrote a book saying uh, New Orleans, uh, uh, the life after Katrina, called Black Gumbo. That's what the name of the book. Uh, New Orleans, the city in ruins. And so that was very, a very powerful book, very heart-wrenching testimony that she gave. And now we have one coming, uh, another tornado coming up on Florida. The entire state of Florida have been asked to evacuate, and that's a and that's a, uh, a daunting task, Rick. And when you ask the whole state to move, hmm. Yeah, you know the food rags get gridlocked when they do that, man. It just just be mass hysterical and when they yes. start moving out like that. Yeah, thank you. I think you know, like we all had a little gas situation. Starting to have that now. Yeah, yeah. And it affects the it affects the whole country, man, because people are being displaced, uh, the regular flow of things are being disrupted, you know, with gas has been falling now. They got you know, they, Houston just now uh is trying to pull themselves back together and then you got Florida and that and that east coast and so it's a lot of things going on right now. But we know that God is still in charge. Amen. You know. Amen. And so, yeah, so Brother Daniel, um, I want to thank you for calling in once again. You've definitely been truly a blessing to the program. And um, and so anything that you'd like to add to it is always welcome. You are my co-host, so, you you know, you thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I was listening to a couple of people talking about how, you know, like, uh, a lot of people donate money. Some people donate uh, food and other surplus stuff. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, one guy was saying right, right now, there's a lot of people really not getting a lot of that stuff to be sitting down now the money. And uh, really, you have to be aware about some of these people that say, donate your money to certain things. Make sure it's a reputable uh, organization 
something before you really put your money into something. Like I think they had one of the uh, Houston Texans football players, or J.J. Watt, he was taking the money directly to the people. And basically to see where the funding and all the stuff was going, you know. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on that you really have to be aware of and, you know, be cautious. And just like the Bible tells you, you just got to watch. Get to watch, watch stuff, you know. Be 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 careful about how, what, who you put your trust in. And, and that, that is so true, Richard, but, you know, uh, as we... We give it we give it unto God and let him sort things out. And there's always people that wants to take advantage of situations like this and so we pray that the finances and the all the resources be used for what is intended for and we know that's a a daunting task there. Cause, uh, regardless of what people are donating at this time and at this at, at you know, at this moment, it's still gonna the need is still gonna be just as great after uh, a few months. You know, uh, uh, up in November, December, people are still going to be displaced and still going to need things. So I encourage people to donate because so we, uh, be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, we want to jump in and we want to help, and everybody does. But after all has been said and done, it's still going to be uh, things that going to be need to, uh, need to be done.
if we start our fall crop and we want them to cook and be able to use those in the kitchen, I ask you, I mean, hey, do anybody eat kale? And he said, wait a minute, can you eat kale? I said, yeah, you can eat kale. It's kind of like a spinach, you know. And they said, wow, I didn't know that. So, uh, so we're going to uh, allow that to uh, mature in the garden, and then we have a professional cook over there to help the young men with their meals and also a lot of young men to cook, and so those young men are going to actually cook things out of the garden. And we have some cabbages over there. We stated earlier, and so we want them to use those uh, uh, those vegetables. And we're trying to teach our young men on how to eat healthy, Ricky. Now, it's, real, it's so easy to get a burgers and fries, man. I find myself doing that quite a bit. In my position, mm. man, man, I quit eating so much red meat. And I thought, I know I eat a lot of burgers. He said, well, your blood tells everything about you, you know. And he said, you know, you, you got to mm. cut back on your red meat because your body can't process them like you was a teenager. And I said, wow. Mm-hmm. So I try to cut back on them uh, on those specials that the, the burger places be having, you know, where you get uh, four for $5 and you get two for one. Mm. You know? And so mm. I said, like, well, hey, man. It, 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 it's convenient. <laughs> Oh, you're a fast food baddie, huh? Yes, sir. As much as I could get, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm cutting back on it, you know, because you know these are busy times, and so what we do, we try to, we try to out, you know, we try to supplement our diet with with things that we think that we need. So we have to cut back on it. So, yes, sir. Me, uh, I'm, I'm guilty of those things. So, but I'm trying to, to do right, and in turn, I'm trying to encourage our young men to do right. And Ricky, you know what we are doing, and what. What's going on when we're involved in life of people, young and old? It makes a difference. You, you little do you know that people they see how you're handling things. They see how you're able to navigate through different points and facets of life, and they draw and they draw encouragement out of that. You know, they say, "Hey, I know Brother Daniel. I know what he's going through. I know what he's facing, but yet he's faithful." Well, you know. And that faithfulness, man, what God said, obedience is better than sacrifice. I think faithfulness is better. You know, it's just as well. I ain't going to say better, but faithfulness is better also, man. Being faithful at the thing that God has. When somebody said, I know he's going to do that. I know she's going to be there. I know this is going to happen. But they're being faithful. And it causes you to be faithful. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, that's exactly. what I tell our young men. Iron sharpens iron, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, and yeah. that's what I tell our young men about jobs, man. You know, I go out there, I volunteer, and, and I don't have to come out there. Nobody forced me to go out there. I'm not getting no kudos for it. I'm doing it because God puts in my heart, and I volunteer, and I'm faithful. I tell those young men, you got to be faithful at things that God put in your hands. Regardless of anybody else, if God put it on your heart and you're comfortable about it, be faithful at it. Don't just have to follow the masses. A lot of times people are being, we've been controlled by our peers, called peer pressure. You know about that, right? Yeah. Because you work in the school district, and you know what peer pressure is. If one little kid said, I'm going to be rebellious in school, and the next one said, I'm going to be rebellious, said, I'm going to be rebellious because that's what we do here. You know, that's what we act. I'm going to sit over here in this in this section here because everybody dressed like me and everybody looks mm-hmm. like me. So you got all these people that's in this peer pressure, all the people with, with piercing in their bodies that gathered up in the one little section 
and all the guys with baggy clothes in another section, and it's that period. Everybody say, unless I want to be part of something, I got to, you know, dress like them or look like them. I'm, very, I'm under pressure. Mm-hmm. I just can't be myself. I want to, I want to go to school. I want to dress neat. I want to be educated. But I'm surrounded by these people that don't want to go to school. These people that don't care much about education. So uh, I'm, I'm stuck in the middle, and I want to be accepted. Yeah, I don't want yeah, to you know, that's what. Go that's ahead. One, that's one reason why uh, they started them to wear uh, uniforms in school. You know, that used to be a uh, something like a, a pressure for people with clothes on. You know, some some people had certain clothes, and some people didn't have clothes. And, Basically, most students were ridiculing the kids because they didn't have the clothes to be like this other group of people, you know. And so, you know, teachers uh, and the administrators, you know, they go to school and they go to class. And it teaches them about uh, how the human behaviorism, how people, you know, they set the they set the set the gauge. Well, normalcy, you know, and if you can't conform to my beliefs, you don't want to believe in what I want to believe. We seem to put you on on the other side of the team, which you can look at right now. The same thing's going on all over our country, Reverend Lewis. Got one group of people thinking one way, some people thinking another way. Some people get mad because you won't do what they say, what you want to do, you know, and Basically, what happened, they just started fighting. You see all this violence all over the country. And that's so yeah, true, that's so true. It was going on everywhere. And, and, and you yeah. know, uh, and Brother Daniel, and our, and our young men and women are, uh, are being pulled in so many different directions that they get snapped, you know, just like a rubber band that's been overly exerted. They've been pulled and pulled and pulled. And then when they snap, they do things that's, uh, you know, that's uh, harmful to themselves and their friends and their family. I worked out at the jail, brother, and I see so many young and old people, man, that are still trapped in a lifestyle that's, un- that's unnatural and uncommon, and that's a hindrance to their growth, brother. I see people, man, that they're just all tattooed up, and it breaks my heart to see black, white, Hispanic, young and old, just tattooed. All over their body, their forehead, over their eyebrows, and, and they, uh, everywhere, you know. And they just kind of isolate themselves from society. So those type of people start hanging out together because of so, you know, so, I so, looks so. like me. I always wanted to ask somebody about that, Reverend Lewis. You know, yeah, I don't want you to put yourself on the on the, on the footstool or nothing like that, but. What you saying? That's your that's your that's what you think about the tattoos, huh? I, I I've been looking at it, man. In fact, I've been looking at a lot of young women, man, what's walking around right now. Got those things everywhere on them now, man. And you know, maybe I'm from the old school, maybe I'm an old guy now, maybe maybe but I really man, that's it's man, that looks ugly to me, man, especially on a woman, man, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and, and Ricky, we are we from a different generation, and our young people they kind of got carried away because they may have seen people that had uh, 
tattoo that was modest and only one tattoo. They said, well, if that one tattoo looked good, I'm going to get me another one and another one. And the entertainers have tattoos, and sometimes they just kind of go, I, I, it's almost like an addictive behavior, man. Y'all got yeah, one tattoo, I'm going to get another tattoo. It's almost addictive, man. You're addicted to tattoos. Yeah. You said some people that tattoo their whole body. And you know, Rick, I know what you know, but I'm going to say it out. Those things hinder you from from progressing in life, from being accepted yeah. in certain genres. You can't be a bank teller yeah. with tattoos all over your face. You very seldom could sell uh, or be in a restaurant or be a salesman with tattoos all over you because your tattoos distract from what you're trying to do. You may be great. You may be gifted, but if you got tattoos all over you, it kind of... It kind of limits your, your your ability to interact with people because it's distracting. And I, I uh, uh, tell my grandson, proud of him getting tattoos. I say, hey, don't get no tattoos. And I know that they will, but don't be getting them all over your body. Don't get them in your face. And don't get them all up on your arm because uh, some jo- uh, some jobs won't hire you with tattoos. And people have to wear mm-hmm. those sleeve shirts, man, because you got tattoos on your arm. Hey, we don't need that. And sometimes people get involved in, in gang activities and groups of people that say, hey, uh, we're not in a gang, but we all got these tattoos, kind of like being in, in, a, uh, uh, in college, in a, uh, what you call it when you're in college, in a, in a dorm. Uh, sorority and fraternity. Yeah, you're in a sorority. We're not in a gang, but we're in a sorority, so we all mm-hmm. get these tattoos. On, in the in the back of our neck, you know, we are, we all these girls, we all will get these butterflies in the back of our neck. We're not a gang, but we just show a friendship, you know. Friendship, yeah. You know, it's a woman. I, I knew I knew one I know one or two of them really big. They put brands on their body. Yeah. 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 And, and that's a form of gang activity. I went to a a juvenile training. Uh, class, and they was telling us that how sometimes uh, brands of signature uh, uh, is a sign of gang activity. Cause every gang member they they do things, and sometimes it don't look it just it don't look to uh, to us as ordinary people like it's anything, but it could be a sign of a gang activity. Not all of them, but some of them. Cause I see some some young bands, believe it or not, they had a a Dallas symbol uh, uh, tattooed on there. You know the Dallas mark, you know with the with the uh, with the three D's and a and a flower or something in the center or something, it's, <laughs> it's a Dallas uh, it's a Dallas symbol, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, I call it the three D's. It's got a it's got a D, then it's got a D on the inside, then it's got another D, and then it's got a, a flower, a Dallas or something in the center. And I said that's a Dallas mm-hmm. that's a Dallas logo. That's a Dallas city yeah. logo. And they got a tattoo on. They said, "Yeah, man, but they use that for gang activity." I said, "Where they?" Mm. And I never thought about that. Mm. You know, but but Ricky, uh. that is hope for our young men to like that. That is, that is hope for them. So we're not going to give up on them. We're just going to encourage them. We're going to pray for them. And we uh, and, and jobs like that. I'm saying things like that limit you to jobs. You know, these young men are still going to be able to work, but they're going to be in the warehouse. They'll be mechanics, or they'll be doing something that's not in the public view, and it kind of limits you. I can only be, I can only work in this warehouse. They don't even want me to come up front to the office because I got tattoos mm-hmm. all over. So I can yeah. stay in the back and they, you know, and, and do things like that. So, mm-hmm. well, Brother Daniel, 
uh, I'm gonna play part of this here. I have uh, a show coming up here, brother. I got it running on in Red Man Archive. I don't want to miss this. It's a great show, and I really enjoyed it. And maybe you too can learn. So I think you was a uh, uh, growing a garden at your uh, residence at one time, right? Yeah, I grew a couple of. I'm kind of like a fruit man. I like watermelons and cantaloupes, but I've been having real problems with trying to get them to make it, you know, grow up, you know, because, you know, they have to be uh, pollinated. Fruits with flowers and stuff on them, they have to be pollinated by the bees. And I don't think we have a really good bee population around in this area. Now in order to pollinate these flowers and make them, you know, grow. So they got to one little stage and look around, they wouldn't grow in them any larger. So I got a whole lot of plants, man, really didn't do too much. So it kind of like was a learning stage. Uh, put me on. I had to go off in the books and start learning stuff. Find out what I did wrong. It's like trial and error thing, you know. And then once you learn something, you know, you always have to go back next year because it's a certain time of year when you got to plant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what we're doing yeah. now. We know that this is the time of year to start that. That's why we want to do a refresher. Uh, a refreshing of course on what we're doing today with the uh, Brown Creek Community Garden. Yeah. Uh, Brother Daniel, just sit back, relax, and enjoy a portion of this program, and I'll be back with you shortly. Okay. So the right. next, uh, the next washer here will be Brother Glenn here from our uh, uh, pre- previous program on community uh, Brown Creek Community Garden. Please kick back and enjoy. I'll be back with you shortly. You'll listen to another great episode of Free on the Inside with Minister Joy Lewis and Richard Daniel, my co-host. Thank you. God bless. Enjoy. We started. We were not going to charge people anything for this. Uh, and so, you know, we we have a significant uh, upfront expense of the materials that were required to build these beds, uh, the water, um, you know, uh, because of certain uh, water restrictions and regulations and and, and Irving, uh, we had to install a complete underground drip system, a sprinkler system, uh, to supply our 30 beds because that's how big we've become, is 30 raised beds in just one section of the garden. Uh, we've had to, uh, and we provided seeds, we provided plants, we provided all of these things. So basically it was if a person had the desire to come and want to grow in our garden, cost is not going to be a, a factor that would prohibit them from coming and participating in the garden experience. It wouldn't cost them a dime. And so we've done that, and, and we, we did that at great expense to, 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 our, to ourselves in the beginning. Uh, but that was the vision. That was the, the mandate with which our pastor insisted on and the congregation insisted on. And, and, and in a result, it was difficult uh, from being the director's uh, standpoint of saying, my God, where's our income going to be coming from? And how are we going to be, you know, uh, how are we going to be self containing and self this if we don't have any fees, if we don't charge our gardeners this and this and that, where's this coming from? Well, uh, <laughs> those that know me will tell you sometimes I get, I get a, you know, uh, it, 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 it comes now with the maturity of trusting God. In, in those situations, we were able to attract just by our, just by our determination, just by our vision, just by our going out and asking people for help. We got help from some such unexpected sources that irrigation system that I, that I talk about. We had a gentleman who donated his time, his labor, his efforts to do that. 
and that probably would have cost us five thousand dollars to have our, our our water system put in like that. When it came to seeds and plants, we were able to get a nursery, a nursery that supplies Lowe's and Home Depot and Kroger and all these various places around with uh, the garden plants that you see in the spring. They donated to us. They donate to us their plants that are that are being taken back to the 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 uh, the, the, uh, the, the nursery or they. Uh, uh, some that uh, are in absolutely perfect shape that are ready to go in the ground, they donate to us. They, they contact us and let us know when their distribution truck is coming by and we'll go pick up the plants and bring them back. And they they they, they provided and donated thousands of dollars worth of plants, uh, Lowe's and Walmart seeds, materials. Um, it just The list just goes on and on and on. Uh, I think at one point in our particular garden, I did a donation tally of what our, our major sponsors and donors have donated just to get this community garden going in urban. And it was almost $30,000. That's $30,000 in materials that, that we did not have to uh, uh, come up with. Now, I don't want to scare anybody off with that kind of number. You can do a community garden on way less than $30,000. In fact, in the beginning, the research that I did said that most community gardens, believe this or not, most community gardens uh, in uh, the United States, from a survey that the American Community Gardeners Association did, determined that most community gardens operate on a budget of $2,000 or less. $2,000, I said, how can I do the level and the, the scope of the garden that we're doing? Well, <laughs> the scope of the garden that, that, we're, <laughs> that we're doing and, and eventually accomplished is, is not in that model. We just, we just were just tremendously blessed and continue to be blessed, and uh, we could not have done it at this level. Uh, and operated at this size had it not been for those kinds of donors that came and give that and gave that kind of love to this garden, and it's very true. Oh, that is so true, Daryl. Daryl, you know what? I am very excited about what you're sharing with us because, and I was thinking about. I did some research on community gardening. As you talk about having a raised, uh, a, a raised uh, structure where you can, uh, you know, kind of control your uh, your uh, soiling. Your son, and that's very important. I think, and you know what? I thank you for doing some research on this because we encourage our listening audience that anytime they're involved in ministry, do some research on partner with other people. You said, man, we're bringing in other Absolutely. people. We're not trying to, we're not trying to do this ourselves. And I think that's the key to success Absolutely. in ministry. Because and you know, Joe, sometimes we you. want. Go ahead. No, no, I was just trying to say on that point. Let me let me go ahead and tell you that that what has happened uh, with the vision of our our garden. Uh, and, and where we're going with this as a nonprofit and a foundation is that eventually what we're hoping to do, and hopefully as early as next year, is what we want to do is we want to actually uh, duplicate what we're doing in the neighborhoods. In other words, yes. we, want to be, we, we want to be able to provide a family that has a space in their backyard, a four-by-four four raised bed. In other words, you know, our, our garden will provide you with a four-by-four four raised bed with all the soil, with all the amendments, with all the seeds, that you can do this in the backyard, and we'll support you in that, and we'll encourage you in that, because basically a family of four can can, can grow fresh garden vegetables uh, in a bed that size and sustain themselves. You know, never, now, now, never now, another, now, tell me something yeah, before you go any further. Yeah. Now, tell me something before you go any further. On this four by four, how many different uh, vegetables can you grow in something like that? What would be suitable well, to grow in a four by four? I'm glad you brought that up too, because that's another that's another method with which we we uh, uh, adapted and promote in our garden. It's called square foot gardening. 
And square foot gardening is if you'll take that, if you'll just vision in your mind a four by four uh, a bed, and if you'll if you'll divide that bed in your mind up into twelve foot squares, okay, in a twelve foot uh, garden bed, you can look at those individual squares. There's forty eight. There's forty eight twelve by uh, twelve. Uh, excuse me, twelve inch by twelve inch uh, uh, bed. Each one of those squares represents another garden. It, re- it represents a single garden by itself. You understand what I'm saying? So right, I'm, words, I'm picturing it right in, now, yes. In, in one square of those 48, you can be growing uh, a single cabbage because a, a cabbage needs that much space to grow, so let's say a single cabbage. In the one next to it of those 48 squares, you can grow carrots. Let's say you can grow 12, 16, 18 carrots in that one. In the next one over to that, you can grow some lettuce, maybe three heads of lettuce. You, you follow what I'm, where I'm going with this? Yeah. And so at the end, you know, what you have is you have, you have 48 little squares, and we call that companion garden. We call that companion garden. What do you grow next to something else that benefits that that crop that's next to it? Uh, and Rich, at Gerald, the same that is time, so true, brother. Pick your soil. And I'm that's so glad the, you that's shared the that. Method, which would be encouraged. That's what we encourage in our in our in our garden experience. That if you'll do that, now we have four by five, uh, four by ten. And five by ten beds. So we're talking about uh, basically um, we're talking about uh, at the four by ten we're talking about forty little individual mini gardens, and at the five by ten, which probably half of our beds are, we're talking about fifty in companion, companion gardens. So it, it can it can get it can get that detail, uh, and it can, get, it can be that successful. Now tell me something now. Now is it uh, a, with a garden that like that? That side and similar to uh, that. Uh, what is about to grow and rate all year long? Will you be able to sustain something like that all year long? Yes, and and we're this is our first year, and we're learning from our, our mistakes, and 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 we've learned a lot. Now, uh, initially, our our first growing season, which is traditionally the spring, which is around uh, March uh, or so, when you're doing raised bed gardening, up until about June, uh, and we had a phenomenal growing uh, uh, first spring. We had a phenomenal growing season. Uh, stuff was growing in everybody's heads. I mean, we had cucumbers that were the size of oh, it was just un- it was unbelievable. And so, oh, that's great. That's in great. This area in this particular climate of Texas, uh, experienced gardeners, experienced gardeners look at they actually look at three growing seasons. They can actually get three crops in a year because there are some there are some crops that you can start growing in the fall that take you through the cool. The, 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 the winters are not that harsh in, in the you know in the in the Dallas area. That you can actually grow some stuff that you that you're planting now for October and November. Uh, n- next year we have the experience of knowing that our our cool crops like lettuce, which are, which do well in cold weather, that cool weather. Uh, you know, you start putting those in the ground and, and onions and things like that. You start putting those in around February, January, late January, uh, February, because they're not really that they're really not that uh, dependent on uh, uh, on frost. In other words. Uh, and so you can have three separate growing seasons. And what we found is, is that most of the garden crops that that we that we grow, or you, know, you want to grow in your garden, they generally have a maturity date of about 120 days. That's maximum. Cucumbers and and uh, uh, watermelon take a little bit longer. Uh, right now, for instance, in our garden, about the only thing that's really successfully growing and growing just everywhere in everybody's bed is okra. Okra loves the heat. It, it grows. No sooner do you harvest, a, uh, a, you know, a two dozen pods off your okra plant 
Uh, three days later, there's 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 uh, there's two dozen more. Uh, so Oakland's just been uh, it's just been incredible. You know, I'll think about it. I remember like my grandmother's name. You like Oakland. This is the place to grow it. I think about my grandmother. They always they knew uh, the elderly people knew how to put things in the you know how to grow things in particular seasons. Yes, and they as you pointed out yes, there, there's three type of growing season, and that's something that we are not aware of if we're not a gardener. And thank you for sharing that insight on us, brother. I I yeah. know that someone wants to try to attempt this, and someone is going to be successful at this. And you just gave them the tools and the insight on how to be successful at a community garden. But right now we yeah. have several callers on the line here. We're going to kick back and let them come in and and, uh, and just share their experience and, uh, and just give Absolutely. you some kudos on what you're doing, okay? Absolutely. Because I, I do want to kick back and talk to Joel about the, the ministries that this is developed too. So, yes, we'll take some calls. Good morning, y'all in there. Mr. Flemings, good morning, y'all in there. Okay, let's call I just want to hold on here and just listen in. We got another caller coming in. Good morning, Hello? Mr. Daniel, y'all in there. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing great, doing great. Well, I hope you're enjoying this conversation we have here with Mr. Taylor talking about his community garden at Bear Creek yeah. Church. Um, go, that's go right ahead, sir. I've been um, I've been um, looking at a lot of things that have been happening in the world, you know. And really, uh, it's time people really start going back to you know growing their own food. Oh, you have to have to own gardens and yard because you know, basically you can't really trust what you're buying in the store no more. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, uh, is it Daniel? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah, but Brother Daniel, I'm glad you bring that up because uh, as a result of, of being involved in gardening uh, at a serious level now, um, I, you know, I, I do a lot of research and I get a lot of emails and I, I keep up on a lot of things. And I think in our community, uh, you know, we as a community also have to understand what is going on in the world. And right now uh, there's, there's a, a big controversy going on about the GMO versus non-GMO. And what that basically means is we're talking about uh, the, the food industry in, in this country and in, in uh, all over the, the world and a lot of places has become so dependent on what they call genetically modified uh, uh, organisms. Uh, and that's where they've basically done things in the laboratory. They've created new species that, that are designed to, uh, you know, have shelf life in the stores. In other words, there's some things in the store that look good because we eat with our eyes. That's just a human nature thing. And, you know, that, uh, uh, that our grandparents and our great-grandparents would tell you, uh, that doesn't look like a, 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 an apple to me. That doesn't look like a, 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 you know, a, a bell pepper to me. That doesn't look like a... Well, what it is is that they've been genetic, genetically modified for two reasons. One, to shelf life and get them from the farmer uh, and the, the GMO uh, producers to the store. They want them to look bright. They want them to look appealing. They want them to look good. Uh, and actually, to tell you the truth, uh, just real quick, another another reason why I believe God has been so actively involved in, in my involvement in this, this community garden and trying to establish by, uh, by example is that I was recently diagnosed with inoperable liver cancer. And we know where cancer comes from. We know that cancer is, preven- is preventable. We know that uh, the doctors know what the, what the cure to cancer is, and what the cure to cancer is is prevention. It's what we're putting in our bodies now, what we're, what we're eating, what we, what we as a society have, have become so accustomed to accepting as, as healthy eating. And so 
that's one of the ministries, Joel and Daniel, that I was talking about that has resulted as uh, uh, the development of this community of garden has gone because we've, we've, we're now starting a health and wellness uh, uh, ministry, uh, uh, a health and wellness uh, component to the garden that is uh, basically, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, designed to, to do that. Uh, our garden is, is completely 100% organic, and by by that I mean there have been no chemicals, no Roundup, no no pesticides, no weed killers, no none of that that have been uh, uh, you know uh, allowed to be uh, planted in our garden. In fact, the seeds and things that we even offer to our our, our gardeners, we make sure that there that there that there is non GM that there non GMO uh, seeds. We don't want to pass that on. We have a responsibility. We have a commitment. We have an obligation in stewards of this community garden to pass on to pass on just uh, not only the opportunity to have some fresh stuff for your family, but to have healthy fresh stuff for your family. So that is that is very true, and that's what we're also going to be demonstrating when we develop our our garden uh, foundation to the next level of providing these beds for people in their backyards. That we're going to make sure that what we're going to be teaching them, what we're going to be modeling for them, is those kinds of things. And I think, you know, what's happened with me and my cancer, uh, uh, you know, only illustrates that, that that is the more reason for doing this because we want to bring down the, the rates of cancer. We want, to, we want, to, we want people to, to, to be eating healthy. And we in our black community traditionally don't do that. Um, and, you know, it, it goes back to our grandparents and, and our great-grandparents that knew better, uh, that not only were able to just garden anywhere and garden and raise anything, they also knew how to do it healthily. And that's what we've got to get back to. Amen. Um, you know about this part in the Bible where it tells you, um, it told, uh, you know, children of Israel, they told them to um, grow the crops, but then also take seven years of rest and let the land replenish itself Absolutely. and grow other, grow back? Absolutely. Absolutely. And farmers do that. I grew up on a, in a farming community in western Kansas. Uh, I've been around farms all my life. And, and that's what farmers call, uh, they call that farrowing of the crops. In other words, one year this is wheat, but it will lay idle. It will lay idle the next year, maybe two years or three years. They won't grow anything like that. Well, they're doing that for several reasons. Uh, and the results of that started happening on a mass level was because during the Dust Bowl days, when all the soil and, and everything was, uh, uh, was getting blown away in, in the farm states of, of middle United States, it was because there wasn't any soil to maintain those winds that were coming. So farmers have been doing this as a practice to to uh, do crop rotation, and that's what I was just speaking about earlier about crop rotation. I mean, I, I mean, companion gardening. Uh, companion gardening yeah. again is that is that uh, uh, that practice of uh, what do you grow next to something, to next to something, to next to something, and that also even gets as, as detailed as certain certain. And some of our garden beds even have flowers in them. Uh, and the reason why we have specific specific flowers is because they also organically are taking care of our pest control. In other words, we have a particular flower in that garden bed, in your in your little raised bed. That that flower bed uh, attracts, let's say, a, a, a beetle moth or a potato bug or something like that. Well, next to it, we'll put another flower in the other part of the garden that attracts a predator, whose main food source is beetle bugs and and uh, uh, whatever that other whatever that other insect is. You know, it's a, in the microscopic world, in the gardening world, it's a dog-eat-dog world at that, micro, at that micro level. I mean, you know, but there are beneficial things to do. Now, the other thing we also promote is, uh, Daniel, is crop rotation in, in doing yeah. the community garden. Uh, 
And that means this next year, a lot of our garden beds that, that grew something, uh, in that space there won't be anything grown. We're going to give the, the, the soil a chance to replenish itself, uh, you know, yeah. renew its soil, uh, and, and bring it back up naturally and organically. So exactly what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yes. Yes, okay. You, know, you greatly answered my question. I wanted to hear from you. Yeah. Well, and you great. Can do this hey, at home. Jim. I'm I'm proposing gardens, but you can do this. I want people to understand that you can do this. Do this at home. At the end, we'll give you some information, I guess, about how to contact me or how to research. And and don't be intimidated by the amount of research that you're that you're going to get. Uh, but just be uh, you know looking for the good information. So true. Hey, Joe, you gave us some quite a bit of information. And I was just thinking, you know, uh, we're both here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And, you know, uh, college, uh, Powell Quinn College, they they cancel a football uh, team and athletic uh, activities concerning outdoor sports, and they turned a football field into a garden. I know her. I know who designed her I mean, garden. In fact, she designed ours. She actually, she actually was willing to come out and do, give us a sketch in the beginning uh, when we said we wanted a um, – a uh, garden design that preserved the girl that, that that put that community garden together in that space actually came out and designed our garden for us. Now we oh, have man, that's we a beautiful garden. We didn't use her design. We didn't use her design, but she was willing to do it. Well, all that. See, that's what I liked about that partnership, brother. You know, because you can be very successful when you join it and united with other organizations, other ministry and programs. And you know that community garden. I, I know, I, you know, I know about what's going on with uh, with it and, and how it's assisting in the neighborhood over there in the community mm-hmm. and how they are trying to develop uh, self awareness of the things that we eat similar to what you're doing. Because I think it's very yeah. important. Because our little kid, they growing up eating. Fast food and all this junk food, and they don't even. Yeah. And sometimes you know, you know where vegetables come from, brother. They say, man, I don't know where yeah. that come from—a a tomato, a cucumber, or anything. Yeah, anything, anything. And you know, Michael and Daniel, the, the, the other quick thing I'll throw out to too is that uh, keep in mind, and I, I think it has to do with the fact that we're we're a faith-based community garden. Uh, you know, we're part of a church that had that vision and that support. But you know, the things that we have watched. Uh, 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 it's not only important to have partnerships and network with people and things when you're beginning to do this, if you're planning on doing it at a, at a community level. In fact, where I come from in California, what, this, what you're talking about is the Quinn College campus. They actually call it guerrilla gardening. They were basically, they have, they have some activist gardeners out there that will find a vacant lot somewhere, a property that, that's just not been used by the, the landowner for who knows how long. And they will basically go in there and just start planting stuff. They're like Johnny Appleseed. They'll just start throwing stuff over the fence and start maintaining it now. You know, they've, they've gotten into some legal issues and, and whatnot in terms of trespassing and stuff. It usually comes around when the landowner finds out that at least that, that vacant lot is being good, being put to good use. There, there, there's only less reluctance to prosecute and even support it until they do sell the property because it becomes an improvement on their property. But they're called gorilla gardeners. They, they grow stuff underneath the, the byways, the freeways, wherever there's a, a, a spot of land that, that's available to them. They reach into their little seed their bag and just start growing stuff. Uh, and that's an amazing thing. The other, the other thing, uh, when you were mentioning going back to the early days when it was, uh, the, you know, the victory gardens after the war and during the war when, when it was a necessity that people in the, in the urban uh, cities were needed to, to grow gardens. They, they, gardens were everywhere, the community gardens, but they were... They were victory gardens, they called them. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the aspects that, that is a movement going around, which I belong to, uh, at least in terms of uh, membership, 
it, it's called the uh, um, uh, garden, not lawn. And that's, that's really taken it to the extreme where you look at your front lawn if you're a homeowner. Put your garden in your front yard. Grow your garden in your front yard. Set it up and grow your garden in your front yard on your front lawn. Now watch what that does for your neighborhood. Watch what that does to, to the sense of community in your neighborhood. Our vision and our goal eventually with our garden uh, uh, project is, is to encourage that into our communities and neighborhood by neighborhood. We have a, a, one of our big supporters uh, who's part of a, uh, our organization and is, is doing some things on her own. She's doing some aquaponics growing where she's just growing stuff in garden towers, which we have one at the church. She's done that exactly just on her block. She has a community garden that basically is her neighbors, two blocks down the street, two blocks over, two blocks over, two blocks over, over, eight blocks. And that's their community garden, her backyard. Now, that really brings neighborhoods together. And, you know, what you end up getting with that is you build a a community that's put together through self-reliance. And they're modeling responsible environmental stewardship, and they, and and they care for the health and well-being of their of their people. Do you know your neighbors? How many of us know our neighbors other than to wave at or to see at or or to be interviewed by the news camera when they come when something happens across the street and everybody's always saying, "Well, I you know I seem like good people to me." But these are opportunities for which really really interact with your neighbors, really interact with your with you know with with your community and down to the neighborhood level. And, you know, uh, so the things that have happened with our garden is that we, you know, we're creating and we're providing learning opportunities for understanding, uh, you know, whole food nutrition and its effects on our health. One thing about our garden I should, I should put in briefly is that one, possibly a half of our garden uh, has been devoted strictly to a children's garden. We're really proud of that garden. We're really delighted about what God has done in that, in that garden we've been Left with a, a, a children's garden director who has just uh, uh, gone beyond the call of duty to make sure that it's a success. And we look at it; it's a separate, it's a separate garden from our from our main garden. It's maintained for the children. They planted seeds. It's it's uh, uh, you know they planted they, they planted their own plants. Um, you know, and these this addresses that question of where, where our kids think think our, our food comes from. We've given them hands-on experience. We're right now in the, in the process of developing it the area in that children's garden that we're calling our learning, are you ready for this? We call this our learning outdoor laboratory because we have classrooms right across the symptoms from the community garden where we can do displays. We have the butterfly lady, she's known as the butterfly lady here around Irving who comes out and does these seminars and classrooms and workshops and hands-on activities because of the butterflies. We also have part of our garden that we call our pollinator garden, which is our bee and butterfly garden. It's separate, it's about 2,500 square feet, that we have planted certain plants and flowers that attract the pollinators because our kids also need to understand that without bees and butterflies that do pollination, there wouldn't be a, a, a food supply. And bees are dying off worldwide in critical numbers. And so we've even, we've even developed a garden that attracts those pollinators to come back and pollinate in our garden to give our to give our garden even more opportunities to grow and be successful growing naturally, organically. 
Now, Gerald, before we get out of here, brother, before we leave, will you please give us some information mm-hmm. on how to get something started like this, your man? Cause you know, what you're gonna hit on something here, brother. A community garden. You know, I go, I travel around town, and I, occasionally I see places in churches and in, 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 in private property and things. And, and you know what? It blesses me because it put a smile on my face. Because it's a beautiful sight, man. You talk about landscape. It's nothing beautiful that a, that a, a garden, yeah, man, with vegetables coming up. You know, greens yeah. and, and and uh, things of that nature. So give us uh, some information on how to get something started like this and how to contact you for any further advice. I will. Absolutely. That's that's become another, uh, it actually has become uh, another, um, an area in which we are are actually making ourselves prepared and and available for. Uh, You know, the the thing with that designation of being the only gardening in urban, the, the largest and the only, uh, there's some responsibility that's come with it. That's a result of our success that we've done at our garden. And recently, I, I got so in my little club, my little club, we were recently recognized by the city of Irving and their Keep Irving Beautiful organization as an outstanding faith-based organization for our community garden. In our first year of operation, we've been awarded a city award for outstanding faith-based organization. So we're, we're very proud of that. And we accepted that award on behalf of our congregation because in our case, our congregation was willing to subsidize and, and show the willingness to go ahead and take our vision and fund it and see where it goes. So what I'm, what I'm saying to anybody that wants to start a community garden, basically go ahead and it's critical that you identify uh, what you mean by your community garden and how many uh, uh, homes or how many individuals you see this as uh, addressing. And you know, and build your build your project around that. The thing to also remember when doing that is to be realistic. The thing to do is also to go ahead and make your your community partnerships. You will be amazed at how many businesses, organizations, individuals out there uh, are willing and want to help. Now they may not know that they want to help or willing to help until you go see them. But I I would I would venture to say, and almost everybody that we approach, and this was back in the days when we didn't have nothing to show. We didn't even have a sketch. We didn't even have, uh, we just had an idea, walking in their store, uh, telling them, hello, I'm so-and-so, and here's what we want to do over at Bear Creek Church. And they still gave. They still saw the vision. So it, it requires people that are going to be involved in this to see the vision. That's where you start. You identify that. And I really encourage you to take what I just mentioned earlier about our friend Marcy's concept of the neighborhood gardening. Talk to your neighbors. Get several of your, your neighbors together and say, hey, do you want to uh, pull our resources, pull our efforts, uh, pull our, our, our energy together and put up a community garden together in your backyard, Sam and Dave's backyard for next, next spring or whatever. That's a community garden. Anything that involves, just like God says and the Bible says, that anything that involves two or more, but we're, we're really talking about a community. And so uh, you can contact us. You can contact me. Uh, get this out of the way right now. You can contact us at the Bear Creek Community Church in Irving, Texas. Our mailing address is 2700 Finley Road, 2700 Finley, F-I-N-L-E-Y Road in Irving, Texas. And our zip code over here is 75062. We also have an email. We also have an email. I'll give it to you. It's kind of long, but it's B as in boy and then C-C-C. Three C for Bear Creek Community Church, Community Garden at yahoo.com. Uh, and I can give you a phone number, uh, uh, Joel, if you want me to do that later before we close, that you can call me directly. We'd be more than glad 
to, uh, to yeah. come out and or talk to you or make a presentation to your church or your organization. We're in demand for that a lot right now as a result of our garden, and we lovingly do it. Gerald, you can go ahead and give out that number now if you have a desire to, because we want everyone to be a part of this here. We want everyone to apply their God-given talents to change your life in some way, change the life of a neighborhood. Absolutely. And, 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 again, I can't emphasize enough what this does to other areas of your life in terms of the garden experiences. Nothing like being out in that garden. It's just a, uh, even in, in your own garden, in your own backyard, you can experience that if you haven't already the, the tranquility, the peace that comes over you, the opportunity that you have to commune uh, with God uh, in, in, in that garden experience. It's a quiet time. You're away from all the hustle and the bustle and the this and, and that of life. And it's so, it's so amazing that you see God's creation uh, and his ability to be such an awesome God that, that you see something planted from a seed and watch it grow and nurture it and, and, and love it and, and, and bring it to, to, you know, to uh, a full harvest. There's nothing like that experience. Before I get my number, I'll, I'll say some more things. You know, uh, uh, obviously when we said our vision wasn't small and it was big and our success hasn't been small, it's been big, and our opportunities that we're, that we're uh, enjoying and just seeing from the creation of this garden certainly is not small. It's very big. And, it, you know, and, and, and that's, that's the, you know, some, other, some of the other components. We talked about the, the children's garden. We talked about the pollinator's garden. We just recently uh, uh, have designated an area that we call our artist garden. We have, we have invited some artists to come in the garden and do some interpretive, uh, some interpretive art. And, you know, and that resulted as a result of some graffiti that was on one of our, one of our church properties. We came up with graffiti for God. We got with some organizations and, and, oh, and our lowest said, you know what? We'll provide the materials and build a fence, and you can paint it, and we'll invite these graffiti artists to come in and have them do something that, that is interpretive. Have them do something creative. Give them a sense of ownership of this church property, this church garden. So that's our Graffiti from God project. I just met with a couple of artists the other day that are going to do some murals for us. It's going to be, you know, get that experience. Our, our shed, uh, our garden tool shed that was provided by Lowe's and, and was uh, installed by them and donated uh, had some, some artwork on the side of it. We have a rain barrel collection for the rain, which would rain, but we have the we have the rain barrel to collect the rain so we can take take that and put it on our plants and help them grow. And I, oh, I man, that's powerful. That's thing, powerful. Uh, the, the last thing I'll tell you about how God has so magnanimously uh, blessed this garden, you know, we're actually getting ready to become the only garden, not only in our garden, but even the ones that are operating, they're going to have a year-round temperature-controlled greenhouse uh, Walmart is going to build us a greenhouse that's going to allow us the opportunity to grow fresh vegetables year-round, 12 months out of the year, and, and benefit our food pantry. And so we're so excited about that because that, that's something that's, that's not been done, has never been done in the community garden. And so, you know, we're going to be the recipient of that. They're going to build us this, this, this temperature-controlled greenhouse, and we're going, to grow, we're going to grow these healthy vegetables and plants and foods Year round, can you imagine that? Can oh, that is beautiful, Jerry. I think that is, and and that so is great. these are the opportunities that that has, that has opened us uh, up for us. We're still talking to the independent school districts about doing tours and coming and spending days in our outdoor learning laboratory. Uh, these are all the ministries that that God has opened up as a result of this garden. We have a healing ministry, a Bible study group that that takes place in the garden, weather permitting. Uh, that we actually meet in the garden, and all of our all of our Bible study is is dealing with uh, uh, 
you know, uh, how God deals with healing and how God deals with and speaks about gardens and planting and growing. So, Gerald, Gerald, that's Joe, great. That's great. This hour is going to go quick. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Hey, I tell you what, we got, to, we, got to, we got to bring you back on, brother, because you got a lot to talk about. I am excited about it. Gerald, as you mentioned, our time is drawing short here. We got less than a minute to be on the air. Thank you for being a guest on our program, mm-hmm. brother. I, we are truly I, being blessed by you. When it comes to this subject, I can talk. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll well, God you bless you. Yes, go ahead. I'll give you that number. Yes, I'll give you that ahead. number. You can call me here, please. It's 510-852-0434. 510-852-0434. And that's my personal cell phone. You can call me anytime, night or day, about what God is showing your heart about doing a community garden, and I'm available to you. God bless you. God bless you. Man, we'll be Amen. talking later. Have a great day and looking forward to hearing more about you in the community garden. All right. What a great interview that we had that with Brother Gerald. Brother Gerald is no longer with us, uh, but yet he left us some information that spanned the test of time. We have Brother Daniel on the line here. We're about ready to wind down this program. Brother Daniel was a part of that interview with Brother Gerald that was a few years ago, but it's still relevant today. The community garden with Gerald had planted in my heart that we're coming to tuition over to Cottrell House, and we're planting it, and the young men are, uh, are loving it, and everything that, Ger- that Gerald shared with us, it definitely will come true. We were able to bring in other uh, people from outside uh, organizations to support the garden because they see the benefit of it. So thank you, Brother Gerald. I thank you for your love and your compassion and your memory. We uh, thank you for sharing your time with us. Gerald is no longer here, but we want to thank Gerald in memory for what he's doing. Brother Daniel, we're about ready to get out of here. Thank you for holding on. Yeah, yeah, man. That was, hey, man, exciting to hear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, yes. Hey, man, you know, uh, that was something we talked about earlier about bringing other people along and sharing what you do, brother. I couldn't do this program alone, brother. I get up every, uh, on Saturday morning, I do it. But it's always good to have people to walk beside you, man, to help encourage you. You know, love, sometimes I don't want to be on the program, but I know that you might call. I said, wow, man, I got to be faithful because Brother Daniel may just call and, you know, say, what happened to you, man? I'm up because you was up, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, I know you, know, you feel the same way sometimes. Sometimes I be kind of sluggish, Brother Lewis. I just don't want to tell you, man. I have to yeah. Come. Get off into the groove a little bit. Like this morning, I was I wasn't too active this morning, but right now I'm kind of I'm kind of up now. So uh, well, I like to tell everybody happened. that uh, the, uh, that was an exciting uh, interview, and basically all the things you said on that really true. You know, uh, uh, we need to think about what we put into our bodies, and so what I'm saying is, uh, God has given us the ability to grow foods and giving us seeds and crops and stuff like that. So basically, you have to have to learn how to survive because the case, what's happening now with all these catastrophes and people don't know where to go, they don't want, basically, you want to learn how to live off the land. You know, and you tell some people this, they really won't, they don't really want to, well, man, you know, that's, 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 you got to use your, 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 your senses that basically what God gave you is going to learn how to learn how to uh, exist because really man is what we call a hunter gatherer. You know what that is, brother? Brother Lewis. Yes. Human men are known to be hunters and gatherers. We learn to go out and gather stuff and bring it back. 
Yeah, so, that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. So when you know, know what, basically... Brother Daniel, we got, we got to get on out of here, Brother Daniel. Our time is up, man. And you know what? Whenever the conversation gets good, man, it's time to end the program. Oh, brother, that's awesome, man. Uh, hey, man, we're going to pick this up next week with another great guest. We're going to reformat the show somewhat. You're going to be really be pleased with what I'm going to share with you off air on some things that we're going to be uh, bringing up and we're going to be implementing. You know, I'm the type of person, I don't just rather talk about it. I want to be about it. And you're the same way. But then a lot of times you bring up stuff and you say, Joe, we ain't going to just talk about it. We're going to actually bring this to tuition. Uh, and so I appreciate what you do, man, because I know that when you put something, when you said something, you bring it about to the best of your ability. Sometimes things just don't work out, but it ain't because we gave up. It just because it, uh, it just wasn't workable then, you know. And But you always yeah. have it, and you'll revisit that at, at a later date. Same thing with our guests coming up. You say, hey, the guest is available, but we're going to revisit that. I love that, brother, because you one that keeps me going, keeps me doing what I do. And so I thank God for it. But, Brother Daniel, uh, Wes, we're ready to get out of here, man. Again, thank you once again for being a, a supporter of the program, for being my co-host, brother. I, as I stated earlier, and I'm going to always tell you, I never could do it without you. I wouldn't even want to do it without you. So thank you, brother, for being a part of what we're doing. Saturday morning is your personal time. It's time you reflect back on the on the weekly event, but you're willing to spend your time with me and God. Oh, man, you spend your personal time with us, and I, I honor that, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Okay, so, amen. So when we get out of here, brother, you know we'll be talking later on. We're always talking. So enjoy the balance of your morning. Get you a cup of coffee, a donut, and just kick back and reflect on what God is about to do in this season. And uh, remember, help change your life in Jesus' name. Be free on the inside. ASF, man. And as we get ready to wind down here, we're going to play our, uh, our our little theme song here. Say, don't worry about well-doing. You know, because we don't have to worry about these things. So this, that, this all this belongs to God. Amen. It, it all belongs to God. We're going to do well. Where should Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Dear Lord, we thank you for allowing us once again to host this internet radio program. Dear Lord, is anything that we had done, dear Lord. It was about your divine purpose and will. Dear Lord, you knew we was going to be here. You knew what the topic was going to be about. And you knew how it was going to be received. We thank you, dear Lord, for allowing us to be a part of your kingdom. Dear Lord, we lift up those men and women that has been displaced by the storm and the and the weather condition down in Houston, the one, the pending conditions in Florida, the Lord, we ask you to, to cover them, to get them comfort, get them peace in the yes. midst of a storm. The Lord, for you are a peacemaker. You are a way, the Lord. Now, let me yes. know, regardless of what goes on, the Lord, that you are still in charge. The Lord, give us the gift of charity and hospitality, and the and the gift of caring, dear Lord. We realize that sometimes it seems to be too large. It seems to be such, so, uh, so much work that we're overshadowed and overwhelmed by. Lord, but if we do it unto you, dear Lord, if we do it unto you, there's no failure in you, dear Lord. You will give us what we need in the proper time, in the right measure. Allow us to be able to uh, hold fast to what you share with us and let us be able to encourage someone else. 
that you are still God. There is no other. We thank you for Brother Daniel. We pray for him and his family. We pray he have a blessed day, dear Lord. We ask you to continue to bless the things that he put his hands to do. And we probably give you all the praise and glory. Dear Lord, we yes. lift up our uh, a guest this morning. He's no longer with us, dear Lord, but his memory, dear Lord. His memory, dear Lord, that we honor, dear Lord, for what his gift that he shared with us about the God, how he's encouraging us, dear Lord, right today. It's a it's a two-year program, but he's encouraging us today that it's still effective. Your word, dear Lord, is over 2,000 years ago, but it's still effective today, dear Lord. And we uh, uh, thank you. Dear Lord, as we get ready to end this Thanks. program, we ask you to uh, all our steps, uh, guard our heart, and continue to uh, show us favor. Not the favor of man, but the favor of God. And we promptly give you praise and the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Dad, you enjoy your day, and we'll see you at, at, later on, okay? And help change your All life right. in Jesus. You've been listening to another great episode of Free on the Inside. Mr. Lewis and Brother Daniel. God bless yeah. you. Enjoy your day. Amen. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.